Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back on Spotify. Hi, Sparks and Cheap Pops. This is Silicon Steve Alley. I'm with Vladdy Dottie. And it feels good to be back. Happy New Year to everybody. We got a lot going on in this show today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the great one, the people's champ, The Rock, coming back. What his return means from the main event scene at WrestleMania. What it means for Cody. What does it mean for CM Punk, Seth Rollins, the whole nine. We're also going to talk about MJF. Is he actually gone from AEW? Will he be gone for AEW on his way to WWE? And if so, how fucking stupid is Tony Khan? We're going to get into all that on this full action-packed hour of talking to the very best of professional wrestling here on High Spots and Cheap Pops. Vladdy Dottie, and this is Silicon Steve Valley. Vladdy Dottie, what did you want to get into? We were talking about Jinder Mahal. And the Iron Sheik kind of talking about how The Rock brought up that, and as did Jinder Mahal. And we kind of talked about the Iron Sheik's importance and, of course, Bob Backlund's run right before that. Yeah, no, but we were talking about the Iron Sheik and the uh, and uh, Bob Backlund and the transition there. And, and as we're discussing it, I did not recall the ending of the match. And Silicon Steve Valley will go and recall this, the ending of the match here. Yeah, Arnold Skolin threw the towel in. And, and ironically, totally that's how Backlund won the title back against Brett the Hitman Hart. What, 11 years later? 10 wow. years later? With Owen throwing the towel, making Owen basically coercing Brett's mom to throw the towel in so Backlund could win. And then, of course, Backlund lost it, I think, the, two nights later to Diesel at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> That's a great it memory, all comes man. full circle, baby. To Bret Hart. <laughs> it all comes back to Bret It all comes back to this man right here. But it, it, it's just interesting. I never, I, honestly, that was the, we just did this live. I never correlated those two moments that that's how Backlund won it because he lost it the same yeah. way. Interesting. I didn't know that. But, yeah, it, it's amazing, Vladi, as we were saying in pre-production. I think a lot of people remember the Iron Sheik more than they do Bob Backlund. I'm not saying everybody, and I think if you go back to the history books, you know Sheik only had it for a month, but that's who Hogan beat. That's what started that era, the golden era, the real golden era, yeah. my estimation, of WrestleMania. And I, I always correlate it to the NFL prior to the Super Bowl. You kind of hear about Johnny United and all that stuff, but the real history for a lot of people started at WrestleMania, and it also starts at the Super Bowl in many respects. Yeah. With the Eagles win five other championships, who gives a shit? No one cares. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you just and we're discussing it because you know Iron Sheik was uh, mentioned quite a bit during the Rock uh, promo with Jinder Mahal, and then I like as I mentioned to you, he was like easily the first guy I hated in wrestling, and I couldn't wait for Hogan to beat him because Backlund being the first champion, I'm sort of still trying to decipher is this is this a shoot? Is this real? Like you know what what is going on here? Here I'm thinking Bob we Backlund. Babies then. Yeah, yeah, and I, here I'm watching Backlund. And I'm like, is he just, you know, a, a skilled uh, wrestler that has zero, like zero personality, basically? Then you had Iron Sheik, who was just like despised where he was in the ring, where you know, in whatever city, and had all sorts of heat. And then here you got the Golden God and Hulk Hogan on the horizon. And Vince made the switch, and the rest is history. And it just—it's amazing how we recall 
the Iron Sheik that much more in terms of history versus Backlund, who held the title, actually, all that much more than the Sheik himself. Mm-hmm. He did the most with that title, that, that one-month reign. And then, you know, he, he, you know they spinned it off nicely with him and Nikolai Volkov into uh, a tag team, right? Then won so, the uh, one at the very first WrestleMania using Freddie Blassie's cane onto Barry Windham, who took wow. the pin. And then Barry Windham went on to WCW and had a great run as a four horseman, world champion and all that. And then he was uh, the Widowmaker. And then he was a Blackjack. And then he was old and a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite first wrestlers. Too, though, that's fucking awkward. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't know where you're going. With the, the, I was going to insult the, him, but I'm fat as fuck, and he's better shape than I he, I am when I was 46. I was literally about to make fun of the fact he got real fat. But guys, look, very Wyndham fan. Why did you get salty? Why did you get salty of, on him? Like, what kind of asshole would I have been? I was midway doing that, and I pulled it back, and so it got awkward because I didn't know how to bring yeah. it. Back. Put me in but, a tough spot, Bruchacho. It's all good. But, yeah, Barry Windham was fantastic. I uh, went up having a great career in WCW, obviously. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did you watch the first WrestleMania live? I don't think you did. I, think uh, I didn't. I don't think I watched it live. And I just, um, it wasn't, like, I don't know if it was just something, like, we didn't, I can't recall, like, the first pay-per-view thing I ever got on pay-per-view. But it might have been, like, the second or third WrestleMania that I finally did it. But, um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's amazing how, like, uh, things sort of spun out of, like, the Sheik being the, the flint for that spark, and then the rest is history. Absolutely. So, for sure. But, yeah, the yeah. Iron Sheik was mentioned by Mr. We'll, we'll go right into The Rock right here, Vladdy. Yeah. And we'll do MGF later. Uh, so, last night. Speculation. In fact, Vadi Dottie, you text me sometime in the afternoon saying the rock's about 40 miles from San Diego. Triple H, we tweeted about it on our Facebook. I'm sorry, we posted about it on our Facebook. Triple H sent out a tweet saying, Hey, I would watch, is all I'll say. I won't confirm or deny. I knew it was somebody big. Yeah. Someone said Braun Strowman. One of our, our followers said Braun Strowman. Someone said possibly Sasha Banks. <clears throat> no one said Jinder Mahal. And Jinder Mahal comes out, and <laughs> and Vladi, you made a great point. You text me. He's like, that's something Vince McMahon would have done, but no one else would have came out. I just wouldn't Jinder Mahal exactly. that was at the end of the segment. Told you it was a former champion. Ha ha. Idiot, stupid marks. I hate you all. Contempt for the audience, Vince. Right. But no, 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 no. Just as, as Jinder Mahal might be going in a pretty interesting place with his character. We'll see what happens. But as he's doing it, running down America, future president of the United States, The Rock hits this scene. If you smell what The Rock's cooking, he comes down, cuts a promo, has the crowd in unison do a double chant, big call and response between the hard camera and the other camera. AEW tried that, and it sounded like this. Day one. Day one. All crickets. The, all the, for some reason, the hard camera didn't. You actually heard crickets chirping. I'm just joking, AEW sycophants. Don't worry. <laughs> Put your titties back in. in okay? And calm them down. Just calm the tits down. Okay? Exactly. Love AEW. We'll get into that in our MJF video. However, 
Rockets that going on, and then there is a physical confrontation. And of course, you know, he hits the spine buster, then hits the most electrifying move in sports entertainment, people's up, ba ba ba. And I almost thought that was going to be the end of the segment. He was going to pick it up and say, if you smell what the Rockets cooking at the most. And you know what? Lottie Dottie, he walked over to the mic, and it wasn't a lot. But when you first hear it, you didn't know where he was going with it. The booth. Wait a minute. And then because he paused and I'm like, the booth, he's going to he's going to say he's going to sit at the table. Oh, I want him to say it. He's like, well, should the rock sit at the bar? And then the crowd's okay. like, oh, the, rock, the rock likes the bar, too. Yeah. Or should the rock sit at the head? And I popped on that. He said that. Now we're getting yeah. it. We know it. Or should the rock sit at the head of the table? And as you pointed out, that sound after he said that was the sound of money being printed. And what a moment. But Lottie Dottie, that begs the question. Who is main eventing WrestleMania with Roman freaking Reigns? Who's main eventing WrestleMania anyway? Holy cow, Lottie Dottie. Unbelievable. Right now, speculation is rock Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Do you think that's in play or did the rock just make a little bit of a tease that he's watching? No, to me, I it seemed it's... like it was a direct message that we're getting Roman and rock. Yeah, it was calculated last night. The first it's the first uh, raw of the new year. And it's basically a countdown to me to WrestleMania and the rock being that direct and hearing that crowd pop and they cut they cut the, the cameras to the crowds. People are facing each other like, it's happening, it's happening. Now you get something building here because a match with The Rock in Philly at WrestleMania 40, it gives WWE that much more of the ability to expand a bit here because here you have the number one like movie star in America going against his cousin, now, if you weren't too much of a wrestling fan, you'd be like, wait, Rock has a cousin that's like the world champ, and he's like, and this, they're colliding here? That might give, you know, newer fans more of the reason, like, to go and check this out, which further puts Roman over even more with new sets of eyes on him. Like, he's going to be a star continued in wrestling or in the movies as well. Like, he's he's going to be huge. So, yeah, like, this is huge that he actually went and put Roman on his radar in front of the world. And we've all been wanting it. And God, Triple H is giving it to us. Can you imagine that? And it's just like, this is a a real powder keg moment to like really set wrestling on fire again. This is an event now. And listen, I'm going to be forward with you. I don't think it's going to be a long match by any means. I think rock while in great shape, Like, I think there's something to be said about being in ring shape, and that might be a bit difficult to capture a bit. And, but the style of match that Roman tends to have, which is a little bit more of a brawling type, that is definitely more conducive for, like, The Rock looking better. You know, especially, just talking ring rust, you know, no disrespect to him by any means and all that, but it is WrestleMania, main event material. And the story being built to this match has all sorts of possibilities. Even the Rock's daughter it could be involved in this. This is how deep this could get. 
They're putting her more and more on camera in NXT, by the way. So this, why wouldn't you? Nia Jax, huge win against Becky Lynch uh, on, on that same Raw. And actually, a pretty good match. I, I was pretty, I, it was one of the better women's matches I've seen in a while, I gotta say. Um, and then you just have Roman, you know, just the aura now. He he doesn't, need, like, when he wrestles, it's an event, it's, it, like, itself as well. So now you have these two, like, legends colliding. Family, you know, basically family, if you will, blood brothers, um, blood relatives. But it means something. And The Rock proclaiming that he's the head of the table, that's that's some deep stuff there, man. I, this is, like, really good storytelling now. It, it actually invigorates, reinvigorates the bloodline storyline in itself. It had to go here. And it's great that it did. Oh my god, absolutely. It's gonna be it's to a point this is the funny thing, Vladdy. It's to the point with WWE is every pay-per-view since Triple H took over really has been the most watched. This was the most watched Survivor series. Prior to the year before that it was the most watched Survivor series. If you keep on shattering records and records and records, and they're growing the business now at a spot where I feel like they've made a lot of pro- – obviously, from a production standpoint, it's, it's top of the league, always has been, even under Vince McMahon. But now that you see Triple H, who has, I believe, much better intentions, he's got a better view of what makes a good professional wrestling show than Vince did, particularly his last 10 years. Triple H is the guy, and he's changed everything. He's changed the culture. Nick Khan, they've changed the culture of WWE. They're having fun. When people get on camera, they're having fun for the most part. And damn it, he's getting rid of people who aren't working. Awesome Theory's no longer a top heel because he didn't deserve it. He wasn't good enough yet. Ronda Rousey was let go like it was nothing. Bye. Go wrestle and Ring of Honor. Good job. (laughs) <laughs> Baron, Baron Corbin's on NXT. And if Baron yeah. Corbin wasn't such a professional and a good guy, he probably would have been released. They like him personally. He's a good dude by all accounts. Yeah. But he doesn't get the fire going. Triple H continues to push. Is the show perfect? No. But he continues to push boundaries to get things better and better and better as they go along. You have, and look, it is the pop music vibe of pro wrestling, but now that you add The Rock to that, that megastar, WWE is the cool thing again, and the business tends to be making a lot more money by and large when WWE is cool, and they're cool again. And The Rock coming back here, look, I, Roman Reigns is already a household name with a lot of faces, but he didn't make that crossover jump that we saw with John Cena or we saw with um, with The Rock. One of the reasons being he's been a heel the whole time, which I think is a little bit of a problem with that. But this is you're exactly right. But more importantly, it's going to get more and more and more buzz about WWE. And that's not even – and th- this is on a, going to be a show that we're, we might see CM Punk for Seth Rollins. This is going to be a show where there's all these other great possibilities. We got Brock and we got Guter possibly. It's just – it's going to a place where it's almost – too much for two nights at this point in time with all the cat with all the stars that they have and all the stories that I care about. So yeah. the un- the unfortunate thing is the or the funny thing is <laughs> is either CM Punk or Cody Rhodes are not getting a main event at WrestleMania right now. And it, you have to make Roman wrestle twice. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you put Cody 
to beating Roman at WrestleMania if Roman's if Roman's facing The Rock anyway. Bully Ray had a theory. So let's talk about the theories that we can go into here. Let's talk about what are the possibilities. Well, we know the three main events for the two nights. CM Punk, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns, Rock. One of them's got to go. I don't think you ever take The Rock off of the main event. I don't think that's something you do. I think you'd want The Rock and Roman on Sunday night, wouldn't you? If that means Cody can't, unless he already hasn't, Cody, I don't think will be able to face The Rock or face Roman Reigns on Saturday, beat him for the title, and have Roman face The Rock. That doesn't build The Rock up at all if he loses the night before. That doesn't build Roman up at all if he loses the night before. So if Cody's going to finish his story, he might be getting his story finished a little quicker. Or there's another rumor that you have Randy Orton get his 15th world championship against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, which I actually kicked out the other day. Like, do you think there's a possibility Randy could do it? I wouldn't mind. And then Cody and then Cody and Randy Orton can have that story. Yes, we would love to have seen Cody beat Roman, but you have Roman Rock, Cody Orton, and Seth Rollins, CM Punk. And I got to be honest with you, if it's out of those three, I think CM Punk and Seth Rollins would get the main event at that particular point in time. But that would definitely cause some feelings here. Somebody feeling some kind of way. I'm sure Cody's going to want that main event spot just as much. And his argument's going to be, I've been the face of this company for over a year. I wrestled with a damn busted tricep. I should be the guy getting this opportunity. And Triple H should say, oh, I don't care. Fuck off. Exactly. But those are the possibilities we have. Or the other possibility, do you double dip Roman and WrestleMania night one, WrestleMania night two? But again, he would need to win the first match to have that momentum to even matter as much for the second night. And I don't see him lose. And, and I don't see him. I don't see the rock wrestling Saturday night. You could put the rock Saturday night, but no, we want to see the rock Sunday night. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I think that to make it the cleanest, you have Roman lose to Randy. And maybe it's at partially at the hands of The Rock. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Cena when The Rock got involved last time. And that could build heat between the two. And that, and that would, because that would also be The Rock taking his shot directly at Roman to show Jimmy J solo. Hey, he's not the tribal, you know what I mean? Like, and he's a legit, you know, contender for it within that family. And the rock did say that when, if he, if he ever came to, to back to WWE, it would to be something big, something massive, something that would begin something new. Those are, I'm paraphrasing, but he said those exact, I'm paraphrasing though. He said those exact words. What the fuck? I'm paraphrasing, but he said it had to be something really big, really new. Not just coming back just for a one-off and call it a day. He wants to be part of a bigger thing. And if it could be ending Roman's historic run to set up his match for WrestleMania, that does seem to make a whole hell of a lot of sense where the rest of the bloodline come in. The Rock comes in, cleans house, and then Randy Orton, RKO, one, two, three, and and Randy gets his 15th. And it looks more and more like Randy Orton is going to break John Cena and Ric Flair's record, by the way. And you know what? The way Randy's career is going, I'm actually kind of happy for him. I'm enjoying yeah. his work, man. He's a big, big badass now. Uh, like, he's getting better and more comfortable on the mic. He's been great. Like, 
even before he got injured, like, you know, he's just evolving now. And it's like, I like who this, who the Viper is becoming. It seems so. like he is learning to have a lot. And he said this, he said he never had more fun during that, right before he got hurt. And right, even when he was hurt, he said he never had more fun in wrestling. He said that several different times in several different interviews, he credited Matt Riddle for it. But it does change his persona, and I feel like he's coming back, and he's having fun. And when Randy Orton's having fun with all the great things that he brings to the table, look, did he deserve the keys to the kingdom as early as he got them? No, he didn't. And a lot of people, including myself, resented him. We resented John Cena and Batista to a certain extent because I don't think we felt like this guy isn't built in the image of the people that we loved. They don't have the same charisma. They don't have the, They weren't larger than life, nor were they – were they that skilled within the ring? At least that's where I was at at the time when they first came up. But damn it, I'm not going to speak to Batista, but John Cena and Randy Orton has not only earned my respect, they've, become, they've made, me, made me personally big fans of both men. And these are guys that I killed in the, in the early, mid-2000s. Like, I'm not watching that shit. They're not even close to The Rock or Stone Cold. Or these guys, they're just, it's just not as good anymore. And I, and I didn't watch it. And I resented them because they were considered to be at the same level as this guy or Shawn Michaels or the people that came before him. And I just didn't buy it because they were in their mid-20s. They didn't deserve it. They weren't as good as they are now. But now you look at John Cena and you see the matches he had later in his career as a U.S. champion. You see the matches that Randy Orton continues to have and the way his character has evolved. 100%, they have not not only gotten my respect, they've gotten major fans out of out of me personally. And Randy Orton, I think, you know, look, he can go for a lot longer, it looks like. And he seems like he's at one of the peaks of his career, and he already has 14 world championships. That is scary. He's not going to just break that record. He's going to crush that record. Yeah, It's like he's having yeah. a renaissance into a whole new part of his character that could take off and be good for a very long time. You're absolutely right. And you know what? Hypothetically, if if Randy Orton wins, the easy thing to do is, like, turn him heelish. But, like, if he stayed face and was going against Cody, like, if their characters remain the same, Orton. it goes to Randy, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all on Orton. Fuck Cody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would be totally – I'd be cheering for – I'd rather Orton win. I, I don't give a shit about his story now. Holy – dude, you know, you know me. I'll turn on Cody in three seconds. <laughs> yeah, I was yelling that he was when he was having those ridiculous matches in, in AEW and that disaster of a segment with the weigh in. And he's trying to yeah. put someone like Anthony Agogo over for some dumb reason and, and losing the QT Marshall, whatever the hell happened. <clears throat> I was like, this guy's a fucking mid carter. This guy should have been that face of this company and he's getting booked like a mid carter, mid carter Cody. So I'll turn that disingenuous son of a bitch. In three seconds. And that's, of course, right before he did the gender reveal as well for his kid, Liberty. Right. So, God, I, I'll turn on Cody in three seconds. Fuck him. Yeah, Cody has to share some of the blame here. I experienced all that with you, and it was just a rough stretch, man. Oh, so bad. So bad. And, and I always, but I even said it during that time. If he ever went back to, to WWE, he could be a monster star because he's got the perfect package for WWE. And he knows how to yeah. be a sports entertainer. He look, yeah. he was a sports entertainer before he was a pro wrestler. Let's be real for a second. Okay, dog. Okay, dog. <laughs> Eddie Kings is online. Yeah, my, my motherfucker guys, why are you gonna be like that, dog? <laughs> Unprofessional. Oh my god. Yeah. 
Um, Ball. But yeah, it is. This WrestleMania season is getting to a point, Vladdy, where we'll have a show. We'll have a segment coming up in the next week or two. We're going to start fantasy booking what we think before before Royal Rumble, because things are going to start to come into fruition after the Royal Rumble. Things are going to be clear. We're going to get a little bingo chart and see what is actually going to happen and what actually does come to pass. I think that would be a fun segment. I didn't talk to you about that. Is that cool if we do that? It's great. Good idea. Very good idea. It'll be right after the Vladdy Dotties. Yeah. I'm thinking about some new categories. I'm trying to freshen up the Vladdy Dotties. I we'll, we'll we'll shoot some ideas yeah. back and forth. We should do the Vladdy Dotties probably around the same time as the Oscars, maybe. Yeah, it could be. That's in January, January, right? I got the Glo- yes. Golden Globes or both. Uh, Globes Globes are first, and then the Oscars. So, I think they announced the 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 nominees in January, and then they do the Academy Awards in March. Um. It doesn't matter. We're doing it at the end of January. We'll do. We'll be like the Golden Globes. Yeah, exactly. We're a little bit more classy, you know. <laughs> the uh, we have the foreign press involved on the Vladi Dotties. Yeah, we don't have people randomly. Academy. We don't have people randomly slapping each other. Right when the that guy Man, that got guy, bitch uh, slap at the Oscars. Um. So, yeah, getting back to Randy being beating Roman, that's the cleanest way to do it. And um, then you have Punk and Rollins on the main event event of Saturday night. You lock it in as long as everything is going well. And then Sunday night, it doesn't necessarily have to be for the championship. It's just for who's the leader of the bloodline. That's what the match is for. It transcends the title. This is family stuff. And you know what? Isn't uh, Philly, that's the city where, like, Roman went out after he won the Royal Rumble and, like, lifted his arm up, right? Yes. So that's another perfect, like, returning to the scene of the crime. And they're going to bring that up. Oh, yeah. We've seen Triple H. The wrestlers have done a lot of the the, the promos have been a lot better since Triple H took over, too, folks. This show has gotten so much better from top to bottom since Triple H took over. But they're going to go there. When The yeah. Rock tried to help him out. And we already saw LA Knight kind of go there saying, when you were too busy doing Suffer and Succotash and no one gave a damn about you. Like, yeah. So we've, we've heard that before. It's just they so many people to go after Roman Reigns right now. I, I'm with you. I think the Randy Orton thing is probably the way to do it. And as I said before, I, I think it was a week or two ago, I was like, do you think Andy could Randy could be the guy who actually does it? That way it would free up. Because I was thinking it might free up Roman and and the and the Rock, but I think we all had our minds so co- focused on Cody Roman, Cody Roman, Cody Roman. Yeah, Roman's not essential to Cody's story. To Cody's story, I want to finish my story. I have to finish my story. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing. He never says who he has to beat or hold that title in honor of Dusty. And it could be Randy Orton instead. And they have history. They could be able to do it. I think it would probably be a baby face versus baby face. <clears throat> um, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't love Randy only having a two-month title reign. Right. But I, I think that's kind of how the way it's going to go. And, and then because Roman's leaving for a little bit. 
So maybe keeping him away from somebody else and already going over. And also you can always do the Cody Roman thing again. You can always do it down the road. You really could. Um, I don't know if it's going to mean as much now, obviously, because it's got to finish. Cody's got to finish his story. Um, Is it as cool for Cody's story to beat Randy over Roman? No, but it's workable. And if you can get Rock and Roman to be whatever best for business, Cody's going to have to understand. Cody might also say, though, I don't want to. I want to. How does Cody get to the Royal Rumble? That's the whole other part. And who's going to be challenging and who's going to be defending the title? Uh, I guess it'd be Seth Rollins would be, would be defending it in the elimination chamber. I hope they don't do that. I hate when a world championship is on the line prior to a WrestleMania elimination chamber. Like what's the, like you're putting a champion in a match with five other guys. I, I don't know. I never liked it. I always thought that what you could do is have the Royal rumble. If you have two champions, you could have the Royal rumble be the first guy gets, gets the shot at the, at the title. And then whoever wins the elimination chamber in February, they get the shot at the other championship. I don't know why that, that they did it one year and I thought it was brilliant. I just wish they would do that more often, but, um, yeah. And then Cody has to win the elimination chamber to get to, 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 to then Cody has to get to the elimination chamber to get to Randy. Right. Nice and easy. Yeah. It's, it's something that they could do. That's probably the easiest and best way to get everybody's story finished and everybody involved. You know, Cody already has a WrestleMania main event. That's the other thing I was thinking about. I'm like, he, he got his main event already. Now it's just winning the title. What does he give a shit if it's the main event versus, you know, match number six? Fuck Cody. T. Morton. That might not even be the match, and I'm still already I'm already on T. Morton. Yeah, man, I'm already ready to buy merch. <laughs> exactly. Daddy's back. All right, folks. Anything else we got for The Rock and WrestleMania and everything going on in WWE as we plow toward the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season? God damn it, Billy. Sorry. God damn it, buddy. I'm excited <laughs> for 2024 in the world of WWE. Uh, it's time to talk about AEW. All right. Fuck. What's the matter? So AEW had a pay-per-view this week. And I think MGF is going. We finally drew some numbers for a pay-per-view. It's great. I don't know. Just MGF's gone. It doesn't fucking matter anymore, man. <laughs> That's right, folks. Wrestles, World's End Happen, Body Dottie. I actually love the pay-per-view by and large. But the biggest question, and you know me, Vladi, the biggest question started, I have said, for a year and a half, a year and a half, the Silicon one, Steve Alley has said, for a year and a half, MJF signed an extension. There's no way Tony Khan would be that fucking stupid and dumb where he would pay a guy a ton more money Make him the biggest star in his company and not have him locked in. There's no way Tony Khan would be that stupid. There's no way. And then (laughs) I start thinking back. Cody had the TNT championship without a contract. John Moxley had the AEW world championship without a contract. We know Tony... Or we know Cody went to WWE. Moxley obviously had no business to ever want to go back to WWE. I think he burned some bridges there, seemingly. Paul Heyman doesn't like him. 
<laughs> but here's the reality. MJF jobbed in a clean way. To, in fact, he tried cheating like two or three different times against Samoa Joe. Again, Adam Cole attempting to help him, failing every single time. And Samoa Joe chokes out MJF to become the new AEW champion. And it was a very awkward, weird finish that had the entire crowd chanting bullshit at the end of it. The referee, Bryce Rensburg, looked completely shocked and surprised. Not sure if he was or he was working. But he was just like... Ring the bell. Like, it was really awkward. Someone said, gave credit to Rensburg for doing that. To me, I don't... <laughs> I don't think I'd give him credit for that at all. It wasn't, it was a really good, it was a great match with a weird finish that made yeah, the match yeah. a, a good match. And, but the, how easily MJF lost this match. And granted, I know he's had injuries. I know he's had whatever the case may be, the devil haunting him. He just lost his tech. I get it. There's a lot of excuses for MJF losing this match. But shit, dude, he lost cleanly. Samoa Joe whipped that ass at the end of the night. It was a pretty easy win for Samoa Joe. It was a great match. He had a chance. He had his chances to win. There were a couple nice false finishes, but you never really thought MJF had a chance, and he was cheating every step of the way. Low blow, using tape, everything he could do. And Samoa Joe beats him out cleanly with a choke. Done. Then lights go out. Big reveal, Adam Cole, who we have been super consistent, particularly this guy, but super consistent that it was going to be Adam Cole the whole time because they dropped a lot of hints throughout this entire thing. And it's revealed, and he has Roderick Strong in the kingdom and Wardlow with him. So essentially, it's the Undisputed Era 2.0 or <laughs> 3.0 if you count that whack shit they did with O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Right. It's basically undisputed 3.0 with a decent heater for the first time. <laughs> and those good. are the dudes that sent MJF packing out of the company. Now, <laughs> Lottie Dottie, we'll have maybe a separate segment. We're going to talk about the reveal and, and we can talk about this storyline and what we think about it now that it's concluded. I want to talk about why my opinion has 100% changed. At least 75% changed. MJF is going. Or at the very least, he is not locked into a contract. Why? There's a lot of different reasons, Vladi Dotty. As you have mentioned and I mentioned as well, his name is now officially off the AEW.com roster, all wrestling.com. He's gone. The way Tony Khan spoke about putting him over and his gratitude, what he said about MJF was not what you say about someone who might come back. He said it like he was gone in his media right. scrum. said, he's been a big part of everything we've done here for five years. I hope he stays, but he's been great, and he's been a great champion for us, and nothing but positive things to say about him. He basically said the same shit about Andrade Idolo. Wow. Said the same shit about QT Marshall. You know what those two motherfuckers did, Vaughty? They leave. They left the company. They did. And so the way he was beaten, him being taken off the roster, the way Tony Khan put him over, and the fact that Tony didn't even say, 
It would be really great if MJF can get his revenge on Adam Cole. There was very little mention about that storyline. There was very little mention about free agents or anything. All Tony Khan said is, I'm going to be really active in the free agent market. Yeah, well, AEW is going to lose a lot of people, it seems like. But if you have spent your hard-earned no, not hard-earned money, but Tony Khan spent X amount of dollars more and then made this kid the biggest star in your company. And you're going to let him walk away and go headline night two of a buy one, get one free extravaganza with CM Punk. It's insanity. Tony Khan, someone needs to take the keys off of you, pal. If you blew this the way you did Cody and the way you did John Moxley, no, your dad needs to step in. And Vladi, you said this. And I'm gonna let you continue after this. You, your dad, your daddy needs to step in and get fucking Jim Cornette <laughs> to come in here and run this goddamn company the way it should be. Because the elite, if you're pushing all the buttons, or Chris Jericho, we're gonna get into that too. You are helping destroy this company. How could you let MJF go? Now, I'm not going to freak out, yet I could be just being, I could just be being worked. But the fact remains is I am shocked at the way they spoke. And I want to think, Vadi, that, that, yeah. that, that they've done such a good job working me that maybe this is all just a ruse to make me think that MJF is coming back. But then I thought mm-hmm. Cody had the TNT championship without a contract. And was at WrestleMania two and a half months later. John Moxley could have told CM Punk to stick his match up his asshole. We're doing Rocky three because he wasn't under contract. Fuck you. I'm under contract. You want the title? You're going to do Rocky three. Me and you are going to get some popcorn. We're going to get some. Popcorn. We're going to have some fun. Maybe a couple beers. This was before. Oh no. He stopped drinking then, didn't he? Yeah. You know what? Sure. Punk is sober too. So that joke, that joke doesn't play at all. Me and you are going to get some nah. Pepsi. We're going to get some popcorn, and me, you, and Renee are going to watch Rocky Three together. It's going to be amazing. Movie because I'm not Mox, under please. contract. I'm not under contract, so I ain't got any shit. Which, right. by the way, started all the started part <clears throat> trauma of what happened with CM Punk. So his in effectiveness, his inability, and his income <laughs> continues to be a massive problem for all elite wrestling. And if you lose MJF, tough titty said the kitty. These men are not just loyal. <laughs> These men have done everything they can to help build this company, and this is a business first. So I don't want to hear anybody in the AEW sycophant side, tribalistic douchebags, oh, he's disloyal, fuck him. WWE's buying all our talent. Meanwhile, uh, by the way, Edge and Christian had a great match. Uh, I think they're signing Sasha Banks, right? So I don't want to hear about buying anybody. That's not anything that an all-elite wrestling fan can say. You can't say I'm, you're buying talent, that WWE's taking your talent. You can't bitch about that. Because that's what Tony Khan, every big splash he ever made is because he bought CM Punk back. He got Brian Danielson. He got Adam Cole. He got Ruby Soho. He got Christian. Swerve even. So you can't bitch about anybody going back to WWE. You're going to have to take it and like it and maybe look in the mirror and say, maybe you're one of the reasons. 
But anyway, wow. Marty, sorry. But <laughs> do you think MJF isn't resigned? Is that it's possible? I totally think it's possible. And we were talking about this a few months ago, and, and you were like steadfast, like, no way is he doing this. There's no way Tony Khan is doing that. Like building him up just for him to let go, you know? Um, and it might have actually happened. Idiot. Yeah, it just and he, if he does show up, imagine, you know, and in, in in real life, MJF does need some healing to do. I know physically he's he's banged up. Um so it gives him a chance to like be missed also. Which and, he needs. In addition to yeah, he needs. And you know what? He actually used a term uh, in an interview, I think, with, uh, man, I forget, recently, like last week. And he mentioned a term like called character fatigue. And I'm like, he, it basically felt like what we were discussing about MJF. It was like we used the term like oversaturated. And it was just like a bit too much. And you know what? He held it together for the most part, but it's probably best right now where it's like, he gets to take a break, and if he's a free agent, he can really just see what he's worth at this moment. And I, I wouldn't blame him for doing it, so it's totally probable if he had the opportunity. Yeah, now look, the other part is the, the big thing he used to always say is whoever writes me the bigger check. I think Tony will outspend WWE. But there are things that WWE can provide that money can't. That's a bigger stage. It's crossover, te- it's crossover ability. It's a lot easier to cross over when you're in WWE than if you're in AEW, folks, period. And he, and he definitely has aspirations of being of a, being an actor. 100%. You could see him being like that jerk-off boyfriend perfectly. 100%. Yeah. He'd be great at it. He'd be great. Um, oh, he'd be a phenomenal actor. And so here's the – and that's the, that's the reality. And this is a business, folks. I never begrudge anybody for doing what's best for their family. I, you could sit there and say, oh, it's bullshit. We can get mad at them because they don't do what we want them to do. Sure. I, I, like, honestly, a lot of people from WWE is like, oh, FTR is going to stay in AEW. They're going to get, they're going to get lost. And at the time you didn't say that. And Vince McMahon was coming back at the time when they signed, which probably yeah. is a big reason why. <laughs> But it was a big part of the schedule and a big part of why Dax Harwood wanted to continue wrestling. It was mostly because he could spend more time with his family. These are personal decisions, and they have the right to do anything that they want to with their life and their career, and fans should shut the fuck up about it, if I can be completely honest with you. I really, this is a business, and you do what's best for your family. Okay? If you were forced to stay at a job, if you were offered more money or better opportunity at your from your job to go in somewhere else, would you be... The fans of that company, would you like it if people were saying, oh, you're a sellout or you suck or you don't care about anything but yourself? Like, this is what these people do for their lives. Wrestling is what they do, but they have a whole other life. So I, I wouldn't begrudge Maxwell Jacob Friedman doing that at all. I'd begrudge yeah. Tony for being a dope, for giving him a shitload of money and putting him in that spot where he was the number one guy on your company for the last 100, you know, 400 days. Like... And the way they jobbed him out, both with the tag, the tag titles weren't too bad. But the way they jobbed him out to Samoa Joe, the way Tony was talking and him being off the roster, that's insane to me. It is. It's I mean, and 
And, you know, it's uh, <clears throat> right now for me, it's hard to imagine AEW without MJF. So just even of the concept of that, it's just, it's a little unsettling. But if you were to get over in WWE somehow, and, and, and you know what? I think he acknowledges it himself uh, as far as the height thing. If he can find a way around that, which he could definitely do, um, he'd be great. And he would be, like you said, and referred to an actor somewhere doing the douchebag thing in a movie or something and totally nailing it. So his, his yeah, it just it makes a lot of sense. If he has the opportunity to go there, he can't begrudge him one bit. No, I don't think most people will, but what I'd like to see is him, him do another three years in WWE. He's still, I think, 27 or 28. Um, but he might not want to wrestle into his 40s. You know, that might be something. I mean, he said he wanted to a few years back. He said, I'm going to be the top name in this industry or this bit or this company for the next 25 years. I also heard an interview at a different time where he said he might not want to wrestle all that long because of the physical physical things that he does to his body. And that's the thing. He's going to have to wrestle a lot if he goes to WWE. He's going to have to wrestle a lot more. He's not going to get the CM Punk treatment. No. He's not going to get – he's not going to get – he's going to have to do the Cody Rhodes thing where he's he's taking the – like Cody Rhodes right now is busting his ass. He's doing all the towns. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's been doing all the towns for – over a year now, he's saying this is and he, the reason Cody's doing is he, he said he wants to be the guy that brings all the houses in. He wants to be the face of the company. That's why Cody is doing it. Yeah. So MJF, I don't think he's a big enough star where he can walk in and say, I'm only working TV. Mm-hmm. Right. So it'll be interesting to see because Tony does allow things to grow. And also, I just. I would like MJF to stay in AEW until AEW is bought out by WWE, which is going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. But uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, the the problem is, is that Tony Khan just botched this one too, and he continues to botch and botch and buy botch these contract situations. So and then you have to rush getting someone buried, like they did with Jade Cargill okay. came back for a match and lost just for in, in a, probably a plane crash of a match that it was anyway with. Chris Statlander. <laughs> and yeah, even even Andrade recently. With him leaving. So lost a Miro. Yeah. I mean it's it is what it is. Um like yeah, why would Andrade be one of the people in your tournament if he was leaving? Just things like that. Tony just doesn't have any he's just it's like he he literally is booking it like he's a child again. With having no business acumen whatsoever. Why would Andrade be one of the, all the great talent you have on that roster? Why would Andrade have that spot? It makes zero freaking sense, Tony. Just because you want it? Well, that's what the problem was with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon didn't care what the fans wanted. Tony Khan says he does. Do you? But I digress. Devil. Has been revealed, body daddy. Let's get into that. <laughs> and I have a theory, Vladdy. I know you didn't like the sure. storyline too much. I have a theory that if it wasn't for all the negativity surrounding AEW, I think we've been looking at the storyline a lot better than we are. Because if you look at the care and the time that they took into the storyline, from all the way back from, I think, June was the time. 
they dropped so many different little seeds. They did the thing with like all these different things leading into Samoa Joe having Adam Cole urge MJF to trust Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe went up being betraying him with the devil and the devil wound up being Adam Cole. Um, just the little teases of how Adam Cole helped MJF, which I didn't hear a lot of people talk about except for us. Um, Adam Cole helped MJF cheat a couple times his last title match at full gear. And it wound up being, yeah. it wound up blowing up in MJF's face, but MJF still wound up winning. Right. So this is another situation. He tried cheating a couple times and never, other than a low blow, it kind of blew up in his face to a certain extent with Adam Cole helping him cheat. But uh, again, we, we, I think we both thought it was Adam Cole going into it. I think for a little time, you might've thought it was Jack Perry. I was pretty steadfast. It was Adam Cole the entire time. I picked the the, the faction, and in you and this is where Vadi Dotti, one hundred percent right. You said it's going to be Roderick Strong in the Kingdom as his henchman. I was hoping it was going to be somebody. It wasn't going to be developmental talent surrounding this storyline that buries MJF, and that's right. what it is. I'm supposed to think this is a this is going to be a top faction. Roderick Strong, and I love Michael Bennett, but Michael Bennett and Matt Taven, these guys are going to be the, the, on a par with 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 people like the Blackpool Combat Club. They're going to be on a par with even the Don Callis family, who looks like they're going to start getting a more prominent role. I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. This is NXT faction, and you putting them at, at as one of the top of the at one of the top parts of your store of one of your most premier storylines of your company's history. And it's going to be the dudes from the undisputed era. Get that. Get it. I was hoping it was going to be the bucks and Jack Perry and Wardlow, because that gives it a little bit more juice, a little bit more um, respectability of a faction, but alas, Adam was the devil the entire time. Daddy, I thought it was a very good storyline otherwise than the big reveal with them. But again, I think a lot of it was taken away. <clears throat> a lot of it was taken away because of the negativity surrounding the company and a lot of marks on the internet just bitching about AEW every chance they get. Um, yeah, it doesn't help when that sort of energy is around. But me personally trying to be, uh, you know, taking that away from the equation, watching them build up the storyline, there were... The, there were a couple of like aspects, a couple of scenes with uh, MJF and Adam Cole as they were building their friendship. And even beyond that, when like Adam Cole got injured and was at uh, Roderick Strong's house doing chores, like that was painful for me at points. And basically, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze with this. And, and that's where it comes down to for me. There was just like, there was like, there was, Quite a bit of shitty comedy along the way, too. There was a couple good moments. Um, don't get me wrong, but overall, this payoff, I mean, it's its what we expected. It's predictable, but it's safe. And it makes sense. I get it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not like, wow, oh, man, he's the devil. Like, you know, it, it's like what you said. It's just it's an undisputed era. We've kind of seen this in different clothes before. And I, I don't have my, you know, I don't have high expectations for this. Didn't blow my skirt up as my mother would say. It's a great saying. I didn't so. blow my skirt up. My question to you is 
Should they have called an audible when Adam Cole got injured again? Should they have called an audible with this storyline and, and made it to a point where it was somebody else that was going to be involved um, opposed to Adam Cole? Uh, I, I, it seems to me that they, that they, if MJF was re-signed, they could have postponed the reveal. That's another reason why I think he might have been resigned, which I just thought of. But they force-fed it. It's kind of weird when the guy who the devil is is the top heel is still walking around on a bad leg in this middle of it. They did a good job with it. The reveal was cool. Adam Cole looked evil. It was a little short uh, foreshadowed. He came out dressed in all black, which I noticed as well when he came out in the match. Um, What could you have done differently, though, after Adam Cole got hurt? I guess it was a good... Way to go around it. Um, yeah, yeah. They, I, I guess you can put it that way. But it's just some of the sketches that he was involved with. I, I just where my where my cup of tea. So, like when he um, almost killed him on the when he almost killed him on the boat. Yeah, yeah. Like that was yeah. There's a couple moments I was like, oh man, this is getting a little long winded. Oh, it was the it was the bromance of the summer, brother. <laughs> There were some great uh, moments in the storyline. There were some great moments, though. There really were. Um, the Both of their matches were great. Adam Cole and MJF. Um, both matches with Samoa Joe were great. MJF had a great run. <laughs> he was a great top. He was a great top guy. <laughs> he, was, he was the best of the best, and we just let him go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Wish us luck. <laughs> hey, Tony. Uh, Man, AEW will be fine. I'm all, I'm also I will say this. I'm also looking to a little bit of a reset button for AEW. Let's see where they go from here. I can see Samoa Joe turning babyface relatively quickly uh, against the Devil uh, once Adam Cole is healthy, if he ever gets healthy. For fuck's sake, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Hey, at least the at least this uh, Devil faction they're immediately entrenched in the. Uh tag team scene in Ring of Honor. Great. Doesn't blow my skirt up. They don't blow my skirt up. This faction does not blow my skirt up. Bunch of sawed-off midgets and Wardlow. Man, Wardlow really had a fall from grace. I'll be the first one to turn babyface out of that group. Yeah, he'll be like, oh, that's just too evil, Adam Cole. Well, well, Wardlow's big thing is he wanted to get even with MJF. Get it when you least expected it. Well, everyone expected it right then and there, actually. Interestingly they enough. Actually, like, yeah, what's funny, it's like they actually depict, they, they like isolated his boots. He didn't change like his boots, uh, his wrestling boots. So it was like nope. totally identified. He's terrible at this game. Well, it wasn't. I, I don't blame the professional wrestler necessarily. You need production to be smarter about it. You know, I mean, it's not like Kerry Von Erich walking out in a mask with the, with a jacket named with a big jacket that has the name Kerry on the back of it. <laughs> but it, it definitely is a problem um, for me, anyway. I, I, I um, definitely. Uh, sorry, I'm, I want to make sure I get some, get to something here. I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners in a hot second. Yeah, for sure, diggity dog. Here he is. There's a there. Chris Kibido had some really great conversations with him. So, Chris, what's up, brother? 
Thank you so much for listening. And we're going to be doing some really exciting things on Facebook with Chris and maybe a couple other of our fans. So, yeah, anything else you want to talk about in terms of uh, Tony Khan, MJF? Uh, no, I'm good with that, man. I, I Again, I just wanted to put a little bow on it. Uh, it just, again, we um, I think it was a very good storyline. I'd like to see a reset button for for AEW, but we'll see how it goes. Samoa Joe's a really good champion. He's been red hot. We'll see how he, what his first challenger is. And I'll tell you who might be. I will say this, Vlad. I will say, we'll add one more thing. Swerve ain't messing around anymore. Swerve is winning this title probably from Samoa Joe. He uh, he basically was a little disrespectful to Keith Lee in that Keith Lee always gets hurt. So there's probably let some real heat frustration out. He's like, I'm done wasting my time. Every time he's he's ready to, you know, if he wants to wrestle me and really gets me, he's got to work his way up to get to me. I'm not wasting my time with him anymore. He has every right to say that. Absolutely. So, and you feel bad because you want Keith Lee to be healthy, but at the end of the day, you've got to, you got to be, you got to be on the field. And the other thing, buddy, I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Big signings, these big gigantic signings that were going to change the entire world and landscape of AEW. CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. The collective injury list between these three men the amount of time that they were hurt and off screen, the amount of time that they were, they have been there or were there even is incredible. I mean, Brian Danielson has been the healthiest out of the three. How is that? And he's been out three different times extensively. Yeah. It's insane to me. And the reality is folks, part of the game, part of being a top guy is you stay on the field. Same thing like any other sport. If Patrick Mahomes has been missing a third of his games the last seven years, he's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You got to stay on the field. Um, and so it, all three, you you have to say, we're, we're at this point, we're very disappointing signings because they haven't produced on what you thought. I don't know if CM Punk, <laughs> CM Punk, I don't think... If he had his story really finished in AEW and he had an opportunity to keep on making money for AEW, I think maybe that would have been a little bit better. But you never know. But Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, particularly Adam Cole, wow. Talk about a fragile body. It's, just, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's it's too bad, really. It's a talented guy. I, I, I had a great time seeing him wrestle in person. You know, put on a great show. And, um, you know, it, it just, I, it's it's amazing to me where, like, you know, there was conversations when he was leaving WWE. They had, like, a direction for him probably just being a manager. Yeah, bald, and it was bald weird. head, yeah. And it was weird, though. It was just like, um, he he did really well in NXT, and the the one time for, I think it was for like maybe Survivor Series or something where they elevated him, he had a good like two month stretch, yep. where he was competing with the main roster. So I give him his credit, man. I and I saw probably the greatest part of his career, which was impressive. And then I don't know, it just if he's that injured and that's sort of part of the drawback in AEW, it's too bad because. That fan base hasn't seen the best of him yet. And we hope he gets him. Look, he's going to be there. I think he might be there for the long haul. 
Um, he seems like he, he would be there, but who knows? Britt Baker's has expressed disappointment and and frustration with the booking in AEW. It's not a fun place to be right now. Now it's it's all right, you're turning the page now, 2024. Let's see what AEW does. But I just want to bring that up. Those three big signings really have fallen flat in many respects, mostly because they can't stay on the screen. True. Brian Danielson probably hasn't been booked that strong either, to be honest. But it's a whole other, other equation. Oh, God, another pitch, man. But that's all we got for you this week on High Spots and Cheap Pop, folks. We're back on Spotify. Vlad, are you excited? Ah, it's great news, man. I was so excited when you told me about that. Oh, yeah. But it'll be more in the intro. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it in the intro when we come back because we kind of start in the middle of it. So we kind of did it free form, but when we start, we'll just start, you know what I mean? We'll make the videos like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's good. All right. I got a couple videos I'm going to put in as well for everything. So I, why do I always do that before I wrap the fucking thing up? Not sure. Idiot. So thank you so much for listening to High Spots of Cheap Pops. Check us out. We want to thank our one of our a real good friend of ours, Chris Kibido, our boy on Facebook. He's actually looking forward to it. Gave us some good ideas and maybe we can grow our audience and things like that. So we want to give Chris a big shout out. Thank you so much for the support, Chris. Um, he actually had a similar problem. I don't know if I told you about those people that uh, thought I posted something about that was referring to them and then they just kicked me out of their group. I think oh, it was wow. called Rest. I don't know if I told you about it. But anyway, he just was telling me he, was, he got kicked out of that group too because... They're just whack jobs in this group. I forget their name. I think it was called Pro Wrestling Takeover or something. Derek Everclear or something. I'm not sure what their names were, but they were whack jobs. And they were AEW haters. And they were one of those. They were tribalistic. Very tribalistic. And um, I don't know. I'm probably not going to include any of that. But Chris Kibido, you are the man, dude. Thank you so much. Great interacting with you today on Facebook. We hope to hear a lot more from you. Get more interactions from you and all your boys. Thank you so much. Everyone else, hit the subscribe button. Please follow us, share if you can. If you like hearing what we do, this is High Spots and Cheap Pops. Some big announcements coming out in January. We are going to start planning on a possible road show for WrestleMania. We're also going to be doing the Vladi Dotties. Oh, the Vladi Dotties. Vladi Dottie. You know about those Vladi Dottie? Absolutely. I've heard of them. Uh, I, I hear they're, they're very prestigious in the... Uh, uh, internet wrestling community so everybody's uh, always buying for Vladi Dottie and you know how much I love the internet wrestling community <laughs> so thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for Vladi Dottie this is Silicon Steve Valley here and the lesson <laughs>